Jared Waters, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, host of the podcast One Man, One Tree in the Hill. We have a special guest calling in, or I'm going to call in, is my dear friend Lauren Brown. So we're going to call her and see what she says. Here we go. Let's call this. Let's call this gal. Hey, 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 all you cool cats and kittens. Oh, no, please no. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I got my dear friend Lauren Brown. Lauren, what's up? How are you, madam? I'm doing good. It's been, uh, let's see, the last time I saw you, I would say 15 years ago, 2006. Yeah, that's a long time. Long time. How's life going? Uh, it's going good, man. I can't complain. Blessed, blessed, blessed. That's good. Blessed. Blessed and light-skinned, folks. Blessed and uh, light-skinned as well. <laughs> gang, gang, gang. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this podcast, Lauren, if you didn't know, it's a podcast about being alone with your own thoughts, right? Oh, word. So I know we've all had been alone with our own thoughts. For the people who don't know, I met Lauren 15 years ago in the Netherlands. We both went to this high school called Afnorf International School. I think we both got there at the same time, right? Yeah, no, wait, hold on, no, I think he was there before me. No, 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 I got there the summer of 05. You sure? I got there my junior year, yeah, we both moved there the same time. Uh-oh, no, I was there, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I got the memory of a of a whale, I be remembering things. I didn't know mem- uh, whales had uh, good memories. I, uh, well, I, yeah, that's what I hear. I never met one before, but I heard it's good there. You must be oh, deep in yeah. the country. I hear, um, I see them, I hear them, I hear, what type of, I feel them, uh, them things twitching. What things? Oh, yeah, the bugs. Yeah. You, what part, what part of the country are you in? Where are you at? South Carolina. How's it going? You guys corona free? You guys social distancing? What y'all doing out there? Man, social distancing, but nothing like New York. It's 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 not as many people on top of each other out here. You've been to New York before, right? No, I have not had the privilege to be there. What is it like with you guys looking in? What does this show about New York? Cause I'm here. What is it like when y'all see the news out there? What is it showing? Nobody outside, which is abnormal because most of the time when you see New York, you see a bunch of people going places, doing things, smoking crack, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> I live, I live in... There's not a crackhead outside right now. That's that's what I know. Trust me, there's crackheads out here. I'm out here. There's uh, a... <laughs> I think they're showing like, they're showing like Times Square. They're showing like, like we're all the... Yeah. The tourists are, but I live in Harlem, so there's people out in the street out at the park and stuff like that. That's probably why it's spreading, cause nobody, nobody in New York really likes their. I like my place, but a lot of people don't like their family, so they're just always outside. Oh wow! Oh, uh, I'm outside. I'm trying to get away from my family, so <laughs> <laughs> as you can hear, the dogs barking in the ghetto in the background. <laughs> So let's let's go. So your mother, your mother was in the military, correct? No, it was my father. Your dad was. Mhm. But your pops and you have a baby sister, right? I have a baby sister and a baby brother, yeah. But he wasn't your baby brother was like 
that's 15 years ago. I remember he was like, what, five or something like that? He was, how old is yeah, he now? Yeah, he was really young when, um, when, when we were at Half North, yeah. That, that school was like K through 12, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was like four schools put together. They had like a middle school to the right, a middle school on the second floor, a high school to like the left when you walk in, and then they had like, it was like a, a shopping center a little bit. You walk in to the right is an elementary school, upstairs is a high school, and to like forward is like a middle school. Yeah, I remember that the elementary school hallway. Me and Brittany went down there one time. Dang, which Brittany? It's been a long time since I heard from some Brittany's. Oh, McClure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Brittany McClure. She's out in Texas. I think she's in Texas, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure where she's at. Well, you gotta you gotta hit him up. You know, when's the last time you guys said hello? Oh man, years and years and years. I was just sitting out there um, talking about it. We're gonna go back, but before we go back, we go forward. About sometimes we never know what anybody's going through. Instead of like reaching out and saying hello, nobody really does it. We just like a picture on Facebook instead of saying like, "Hey, what up?" Yeah, that's true. I try to stay off of Facebook though. Or Instagram something, you know, to contact somebody. When's the last time you spoke to anybody that you went to high school with or anyone that you were close to? Uh, nothing, man. I was doing social distancing before social distancing <laughs> was a thing. <laughs> I mean, when I when that illness hit me, it really hit me. Let's let's go back before we get to your illness. Let's talk about where you where are you born? Where are you from? Uh, I was born in North Carolina. Um, what? What part? Uh, Jacksonville. Dang, near Camp Lejeune. Yep, Camp Lejeune. Dang, straight them country boys out there in Jacksonville. That's where some of my cousins live. Oh wow! So, yeah, you knew it. You knew it right off the bat. That's yeah, as soon as you say Jacksonville, Camp Lejeune. Yeah, it's a Marine base, right? Yep. Was your pops a Marine? father was a marine and then uh he switched over to the green beret no not beret oh, the army sorry raspberry beret no oh. I'm, I'm just kidding the time you find from a second hand stove prince so you would do what fondest memories do you have growing up do you remember as the oldest child what do you remember do you remember growing up in north carolina or did you move around Most of my life spent move, moving around. What was um, it? When, I think the, sorry, go ahead. I think the fondest memories I have, though, is when we lived in Hawaii. That was a good time. How old were you when you were in Hawaii? Yeah, that was a good time. How old were you when you were in Hawaii? What age were you? Oh, um, dang. Had to have been, what, 10, 11? Maybe younger than that. What's your earliest fond memories of moving? Because I feel like as being like, I say like military brats, we have this unique life of just everyone moving around the world, but you have to adapt fast and you have to like make friends fast. You, I feel like we have an ability of reading people a whole lot faster than other people. Um, yeah. Uh, you want my earliest memory of moving? Yeah. What's your earliest memory of moving? Uh, had to have been when we lived in near, we were living near Baltimore, I think it was. And, um, I remember the snow, 
And I remember my mom putting these really big, you know, the really big puffy jackets. Like, she must have put three jackets on us to go outside and play in the snow. And I remember my sister, she was crying because she couldn't move. And that's, that's like my earliest memory of moving. And then it's just every two years, every three years, it's moving to a different place, right? Yep, I can remember them all. So you go from Baltimore to Hawaii. To Georgia. To Georgia. To um, to the Netherlands. And then came back here to South Carolina for high school to finish out high school. And then I ended up going to college here, too. So let's go back. You be jumping. You be going so fast. Let's go through middle school. What what was uh what was middle school like? This is like this is your life. We want to like like we, my whole goal of this is like a time capsule of Lauren. So like okay. when someone's like a time capsule, let's go through those thoughts and see what what was it like. So let's go through. What are your fondest memories of elementary school? Do you remember that? having this crush on this guy named Joshua, (laughs) Joshua Bird, and I used to follow Joshua around like a puppy dog, I mean, when, I remember the first time I met him, you know how kids, they do, they do little stuff like, I bet you can't, I bet you can't run faster than me, I bet you can't climb this tree higher than me, we used to do stuff like that, and, (laughs) Ah, man, I I miss him. Um, I believe it. I can hear it. (laughs) He he ended up dying um, in a motorcycle accident. When you guys were kids? Huh? He died when you guys were kids in a motorcycle accident? No, he died, um, I want to say, five years ago. Mm. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. So what? We never, never got to see each other again. Do you do you, when you were in elementary school? Do you remember like having friends? Do you remember like just being like a lovable person? Do you remember your thoughts then? Because uh, it had to be strange being like that military kid, knowing that every three to two years you got to bounce and go somewhere else. Well, I think so. Uh, we can move on to what when I moved to Georgia. That was when I. That was when the kids the kids got rougher. Um, my dad was stationed at Fort Gordon, and we lived in Augusta. And I used to remember the kids always thought that we had such a privileged life because we moved around, or they thought that we had more than we really did. But, you know, on an E-4 salary, <laughs> family, that ain't much money. And <laughs> E-4. Um, yeah, that's, that's not much money with three kids and a wife, you know. But the kids, they picked on me, um, and I used to escape. Uh, that's when I really started drawing. So um, I, I don't know if you like Dragon Ball Z or not. but Come on, don't disrespect me right now. Don't, <laughs> don't disrespect me right now. I'm a Vegeta but, dude all day, Vegeta over everything. Oh, man, yeah, I enjoy drawing Vegeta. Um, Goku, not so much. I never liked his hair. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I started out drawing. It was this kid named Pedro. And, oh, man, Pedro's ability to reproduce, you know, anything that he saw, he was this, he almost had, like, a photographic memory, the way that he was able to draw faces and 
So this is this is probably like hey. fifth. This is fifth grade. Huh? Say that again. This is fifth grade. Sorry. Oh my bad. Um, this has to be sixth back. grade because if it's Dragon Ball Z, no, it's probably fifth grade for you. Yeah, it was elementary school. Yeah, fifth. So do you? So I'm it, bouncing around a lot. No, no, it's okay. I'm gonna make sure that you're right. So we get through elementary school, and you're dealing with just kids being bullies. And it's hard. I say it's harder growing up down south because some people just don't understand the military lifestyle unless you're near a base, you know? Yeah. Because I had that same situation when I was in North Carolina. These kids are like, oh, man, Jerry, you talk like a white boy. And I used to tell my <laughs> right, like, I was like, my grandma was like, no, it's just because you talk like you got sense. That don't mean you're white. Just go up there and fight them. I'm like, this ain't the answer, Grandma. <laughs> grandma was like, where am I? Oh, right. okay. She was like, it's on site. But I remember those days of just like, that's why I was always roasting people because I knew as soon as I got to school, I had to be ready. And then I was just like more embracing stuff like that. Like, yeah, you look at your dad's car. I was like, yeah, yeah, but look how small your house is. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. So you, you use comedy to adapt to to the bullying and I used I used artwork to adapt uh, yeah that's cool the drawing and it's yeah that's that's really that's really where it was at I used to just spend my time in class drawing but I didn't really have to pay attention cause I wasn't being challenged already so you know I just would draw I think it's it's a unique a u- unique aspect of of like how kids kids all like every kid like kind of had that same thing where we didn't know we knew our parent we didn't know the level of our parents success but kids knew it and we didn't know that does that make sense you said we didn't know the level of our parents it was, success but kids knew but it was normal like it was just like we just thought it was normal to move around but they knew like nah nah something's up with them if they're uh, moving around you know yeah i see what you're saying yeah, that could have been it, you know, I mean, but also, too, from our perspective, we saw the sacrifices that our, that our parents make, and we also got to feel the sacrifices that it takes to move from place to place, you know, every time I made a friend, I had to leave a friend, so, How did that, that was, this was back before there was Facebook and all this technology where you can keep in touch with people easily, you know, easily. How did that so, feel on you? What, is, what was your fondest memories of losing a friend? You were just like, did you ever feel like, oh, man, I just don't want to move anymore? Or did you get adjusted to it? No, I don't think I ever adjusted to that. I think I became more withdrawn. So instead of making friends, I, I, I became a loner. I did notice because that. Because it hurt. It hurt too much to, uh, to, to make friends just to have to give them up, you know? Yeah, freaking I've been there. So we get so we're in elementary school. Do you have a, do you have your earliest fondest member a uh, memory of a teacher being nice to you or was there anybody that made a positive impact on your life as an adult? Um Dr. Lockman Haynes and I remember her cuz I I loved her class. I I don't know what it was that I I don't remember what it was that I loved about her class so much, but you know, you asked me that question and she's the only teacher that whose name that I can remember from that time period. So she must have had 
you know, a, 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 a huge impact. I think, I think the reason why is because of the kid that I, um, that inspired me to start drawing. That was our class. And, you know, so I think that that's why I remember Dr. Lockman Hayes so much. She was a character. So did she encourage the drawing? Uh, she was just a memorable teacher. <laughs> she was just one of the, she had a really, she had a really, um, unique look about her. Like she, her face was always three times lighter than the rest of her skin color. And <laughs> as a child, I noticed that like right off the bat, like why she put so much powder on, you know what I mean? So I remember her because of that, but I think she had uh, some type of medical condition, but that doesn't make it less funny. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. And she used to tell us these stories about her husband and how rich he was. And as a child, I could never understand why she chose to be a teacher. If her husband had so much money, you know, just those, those questions that kids ask themselves and, paying attention to stuff more than we really need to pay attention to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we go, so then, so okay, so you're from Georgia. Where do you go from Georgia? Uh, that's when I um, came and met you. So you're in Georgia till you're like, what, 13, 14, 15? You're probably 15. Um, I, I, yeah, When were you born, so 89 or 90? 89. Oh, we are born the same year. 89, yeah, we're 30. I'm 31. You're 30. Oh, your, your January. birthday. What month is your birthday? January. Oh, yeah. Mine is in July. Oh, so, so that's why you're 31 already. Yeah, your birthday's coming up. It sure is. So what about, so before we get to the Netherlands, what was your family like? Did your, did your family notice that you were like a lot of loner, but how you were more internal how do they deal with that your mother your cousins how do they deal with you just being so i won't say non-talkative but you you it's easy to notice that you're very uh, like a hermit crab a little bit you stick into your shell until you're ready to come out um man my my family life was uh it wasn't so good you know what i mean uh i mean like I love my mom and I love my I love my dad, but you know we I I was a really willful child and it was a lot of drama at home. Um, so nobody noticed anything. I don't think <laughs> they just saw a bunch of anger. You know, I was very angry at home. So were you angry at the situation, or were you angry of your relationship with your with your parents? Both. Well, what? When did it start? When did it start the anger with your mom and dad? Um, after we moved from the Netherlands, um, you don't know why I had to leave, do you? I think I left before you, so I didn't know. Yeah, no, I. You were there. You didn't. You you didn't graduate there. Yeah, I graduated. I graduated, but I thought we both. I remember talking to you, and you know, I'm leaving. I was like, I'm leaving as well. What do you know? What month you left? Um, no, I don't remember what month. It was kind of abrupt. Yeah, let's walk. Let's before we get to that moment. Let's just get to that moment. <laughs> now. That's it. We already there. 
So what? Why did you leave? Well, uh, got into a a, a domestic uh, dispute. A, a domestic of a, a dispute with my uh, with my stepfather and had to leave. Oh, that's right. And he was putting hands on you, right? Yeah, he was rat tat tatting at us. And oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know if I could cuss or not. Right, go ahead. You can be who you really are. This podcast is for the world. Well, yeah, he was a uh, yeah, but yeah, you know that that was happening, and I now that I'm older, I realize like what was going on. You know what I mean? What was it, going on? The was army, you? the army sucks. The, was it physical <laughs> abuse or emotional abuse that he was giving to you? Physical. And how was that? Because he wasn't wasn't your dad. How did your dad feel about that? Oh man, I mean, shoot, I'm not a mind reader. We wasn't even talking. <laughs> we wasn't even talking during that period in time, you know. Um, me and my my biological father, we didn't start talking until um, very recently, actually, you know, to the point where we, you know, talked for more than you know, uh, ten minutes on the phone. So. Okay, so now this is now it's coming together. So when you grew up, your father, your biological father, was in the military as well, correct? Yeah, he was. So when did him and your mother split up? What age was that? Oh, when I was a baby. So all you knew was your stepdad, or when did your stepdad come in your life? Um, I dang uh. I was very young. Um, I was so young that I actually don't have. I don't, I don't really remember. I know because my, you know, my mom tells me stories about when he came, when he came into our lives. But I don't remember the first day ever meeting him. So, but you growing up, you always knew that your stepdad, he was like a dad to you, pretty much. Yeah. So he raised you. Your stepdad raised you. Um. Yeah. My and my grandparents too. And then your mom married into she she married into a military family, then married back into a military family. Sure enough, did so she was with my dad when he was a marine, my biological father. Um, then they split up, and she met my stepfather, and then we moved to um, we moved uh, to our first was the. Uh, once they got married, we moved with him to um, the very first place that I lived as a military brat. Got it. So it was your stepdad the one that was bouncing around from place to place. Yeah. Okay. Now we're okay. Now now I'm getting it. So when so when did the when did the spankings happen? When did the spankings turn into like physical beatings? When do you remember that? When do you remember like not wanting to go home because? Stepdad was ready to to tear it up, to tear them legs up. <laughs> um, uh, man, I don't I don't remember. That's a something about trauma. Trauma. Um, mm, you're right. Messes with your uh messes with your memory. P- PTSD um robs you of your of your memories, especially ones that were traumatic. So, but um, I can remember the wor- I can remember the worst one because that one happened when we were living in the Netherlands, and that was the reason why 
I didn't get a chance to graduate there. You know, my life could have been completely different if I had gotten a chance to stay at Athnorth. So let's let's go straight to that moment. We'll come back where we met each other. So that moment, what what transpired? Do you remember that moment? Like what happened? The beating was so bad where you guys had to just completely leave. It wasn't even a beating. It was a fight. Yo, yes, that's what it was. It, I remember because I forgot who your boyfriend was at the time, but they're like Lauren. <laughs> Lauren got to go because she be getting the beat down for real. <laughs> it was either Pops or Sasha. <laughs> it was one of the two. Shout out to Sasha Miller. Sasha Miller is actually in my wedding. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a groomsman in my wedding. Well, we ain't had it yet. Wow. But yeah. Okay, this is 2006. You were here your first year, right? But your your junior year is when you left, correct? Yep. So 2006. Yeah, I forgot who said that. But we're like, let's bring Lauren out. Like, Lauren, because we're trying to go to, like, some some club that we all used to go to. But they said, Lauren be getting the beat down for real. <laughs> so you guys got in a physical fight. Do you know yeah. what it was over or not? What, did, did mom ever step in and help out or she was... She wasn't there when it happened. Um, it happened right before school. And I told him, I said, you know, it's probably not a good idea for me to go to school today. But he made me go anyway. And um, I ended up telling um, Brittany. Yep. And it's all making sense now. I remember. Go ahead. And Brittany, Brittany took it from there. And I didn't go home that day. I stayed after school, and I remember my mom coming to get me from the school, and she was crying. She was really hurt, you know, because when that stuff happens, your command finds out, and mm -hmm. it's just over from there. So, so yeah. At at the at the time, did you did you thank Brittany, or you felt like you were kind of betrayed a little bit? What did you feel? What was going through your mind? Oh, no, no, not at all. I was going home with Brittany, and that's when my mom came and got me. <laughs> I wasn't going to go back home. I was going to go and stay with Brittany and her mom and dad and her brother. So when, so when, so when you get home, what's it like when your mom takes you home? Is dad taken to, like, OSI? Is he taken to, like, a holding thing, or they just remove him? What do they do? Um, You know what? At that point, memories black out. Wow. So whatever happened, it was traumatic enough for me to black out all of all of that. I don't even remember the process. I just remember being like, I, I don't even remember telling anybody goodbye or being like, you know, I have to go. I just remember we moved here. I can I can That's tell you what I, remember. I can tell you what I remember. Oh, okay, cool. I remember that you came in and did you have stuff on your back or something like that, like welts on your back or something? No, I had a bruise on my face. Yeah, so I think you, I had a bruise on my face. You're walking towards the hallway, right? You're walking towards the hall, and you didn't say anything. And I was like, what's up? We we're just like saying what up. And then Brittany like comes over there and hugs you and then takes you to like, like that's the German pod or whatever y'all went to. Mm -hmm. And then y'all started talking. So I thought Sasha hit you. And I said, oh, my God. 
how could Sasha do something like this? No, not sweet Sasha. And he no. goes, and then I was just effing with him. I said, look what you did to Laura, man. You over here dating Ashley, done F Lauren's head up. Look at it. And he goes, he goes, stop, man. I didn't do nothing like that. But he goes, what do you see? I said, they just walked off and started crying. And then people were coming up to you, and you just like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And I said, well, let us know when you do want to talk about it. And then we never saw you again. It was just like the girl in Family Matters. We didn't know where she went. She went upstairs. Oh. <laughs> Yo, they snatched that little girl off that show so quick. <laughs> we never you heard from what? Lauren again. Out of money. We ain't here huh? enough because I remember. I remember when we, me and you, uh, me and you, when we always talk, you you said, "Show me your drawings," and you told me you would want to go to Paris, right? You wanted to go to Paris to be I an artist. I wanted to go to Paris so bad. Yes, I did. So you, we used to have. I remember when we first met because I was new at the school and you were new at the school, so we'd always just say what up, hi and bye, and stuff like that. And it was kind of hard for girls at the school because there wasn't that many men there. So everyone was fighting over the men that were there. <laughs> but when I came, it was me, my brother, Sasha. We we're all new people, so everyone was like, "Oh, we got to the new. Some new people are here." And then some new dudes. Yeah, new dudes. It was me, me. I think Dexter was new too. I don't think it was me, you. Yeah, Dexter was new. Yeah. New too, but he he was kind of there before, so he knew all the people there. But it was just like brand spanking new. It was me, you, Sasha, and my brother, <clears throat> and. I remember just saying, what up? Hey. And you're like, hi. Hi. You're like, hi. <laughs> and I was like, what part of Carolina? Oh, I think we talked about Carolina. That's what we did talk about Carolina. And you had all these drawings. And I was like, oh, can you draw? Yeah, that's what we talked about. Yeah, we are talking about Dragon Ball Z the whole time. Wow. Cause I, I it's, think, amazing. it's amazing what, what other people, like, uh, from other people's perspective, they just... They're part of your memories too, but they have a different perspective of what happened. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think it's because uh, the reason why is because when I moved to the Netherlands, there was this thing called Sky Cable or Sky Sky Network or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I finished all of Dragon Ball's GT, and that's what I was like. I already know how it ends. Don't worry. I think that's what I said to you. You were drawing. I was like, Do you want to know how it ends? Because I know how it ends. And you're like, no, don't tell me. And I was like, I just yeah, saw I it. was about to say, I probably said no. You're like, no, don't <laughs> tell me. I was like, I just, I, said, I just saw how it is. I saw the last episode of Dragon Ball GT, and that's what we just started bonding over there. What was your first? What do you remember of Jared? I'll say what I remember of you. I remember you played basketball. I remember, I remember you. I remember you not. I remember you and Brittany just always hanging out. And I think we were talking about how. Somebody was jealous of the relationship you and Brittany had. Uh, okay, so I think I think I know that person is. <laughs> um, it's been a long time. I just remember I was like I just remember like I was like I just see girls like we used to have the hallway. Everybody used to chill in the hall, and me and you would always talk because we always just we were just two cool people, and you would like come and vent a little bit. But I was like, all right, here come your man. You better get up out of here, girl. <laughs> I got the Rona. No. Um, Rona. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to tell you what I remember you. Okay, break it down for I, me. Um, Didn't you wrestle? Yes, I did. Two-time wrestling champ. It's not about my accolades. You know what I mean? It's not about that. 
and and you dated um you and Sasha used to always be together yeah and you dated Shayla I did at the time that's what I remember oh that's all you thought of me wow that's uh you too you two, you two were the shortest people at the school. I <laughs> 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 were the shortest uh, people at the school. I swear, and and I was like, you know, that's an accomplishment. Uh, so yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, me, Sasha. I think yeah, that's when you and Sasha, y'all dated a little bit because I remember wrestling. Well, I think when we were playing football, and he goes all like. It's like I'm dating Lauren. I was like, Lauren, quiet Lauren. I said, like, How do y'all communicate? Nobody speaks to anybody. <laughs> and he and and the thing I remember about him the most was that he was quiet. That that was one person that talked less than I did. Sasha didn't say nothing. And that's the whole time we kept clowning him. I was like, Yo, Mills, what does she talk about? She don't say nothing and you don't say nothing. What did he goes, I don't know, man. It just works. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it was like, I gotta hit him up I just yeah, I just spoke to him too I just spoke to him I spoke to him in romance uh, dang near probably once a, once once every two weeks I remember some romance and I, I I tried to find him on Facebook and I could not find him on Facebook his name has changed I'll give it to you okay romance is mostly on Instagram but I'll give you romances so, do you have any fond memories of? Would you say that Afnorf was? Uh, it could have been better, but you were taken short. Yep, yep, yep. Because I do remember and you. Were, I, go ahead. When I got to here, when I got here to South Carolina, things just got worse from there. I think it's hard going from such a open place back to what part of South Carolina were you in? Columbia. Oh God. Yeah, you were in the the backwoods. You were back in the back of Piggly Wiggly. Back in the... (laughs) Do y'all have Piggly Wiggly up there? No, ain't no Piggly Wiggly in New York City. (laughs) No Piggly Wigglies up here. That's straight straight north of the Carolinas and Georgia and stuff. (laughs) Okay. So I didn't know. So we move... So, okay, so you moved to South Carolina. Do you feel any... Do you feel like... All right. Did your dad, your stepdad, get out of the military, or he's still in? He's still in. Well, no. Once we, um, me and my mom moved back here before he did. Um, they they made us split up. So um, he did his remaining, uh, two, I think, two or three years over there in the Netherlands while we um, moved back here to South Carolina. And so- then I started going to high school here. Here, where? Uh, in Colombia. So, what was there any animosity? Was he like upset that you guys did that to him, or did y'all ever talk about it, or you just blacked it out of your memory? Uh, no. That that's when the the, the fighting increased, and um, I started to get kicked out a lot. Um, kick, kicked out, and uh, oh man. They threatened to put me in the juvenile detention center and 
I was if I, I was angry before, but my anger just hit an all time high when we moved here. I, I was angry that I was no longer there at F North with you know all all of you guys, and um, so yeah, it got worse. Let's uh let's 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 go there a little bit. Were you were you ever upset that your mother was still with him? Did you ever feel like your mom chose him over you, or you just knew it was just you and him? We're never All gonna. Time. I, I was upset with her. Yeah. Did y'all ever have that woman to woman talk? Where you had talked to her about it, or it was it was no talking? <clears throat> it wasn't talking. It was more like yelling. <laughs> it was never. There was there wasn't that time where you know. It's like, you know, baby, I, I understand how you're feeling and, you know, that's understandable that you feel that way considering what happened. Like, it was, it came, it kind of came off like, this is all your fault, you know? Mm. I got blamed for a lot of stuff. I became the black sheep. So. Do you, all right, so stepdad is from where? where what part of the South is he from? He is from Elizabeth City, North, North Carolina. Oh, Elizabeth City, girl. I know people in Elizabeth City. What? That's yeah. real place. Wow. I know. Yeah, my, my, boy, my one of my best friends, Waterbug, lives in Elizabeth City. He used to live in Elizabeth Waterbug. City. His name is Marcus Saunders. Um, he got like five brothers from Elizabeth City. My friend Davina lives from Elizabeth City. So okay. So do you think? Not not to take any sides. Do you think that your stepdad grew up in an era where they took switches off the tree, they were effing kids up, and they didn't understand that it was abuse, it was it was uh, child rearing? Did you feel like he didn't know the difference between that? Um, my stepfather is mysterious, and that's kind of part of his story. Um, I don't know much about his childhood at all. None of us do. Y'all never spoke to him, but like, hey, how did you grow up? None of those questions ever came up? No. It's kind of like an unspoken thing. We don't really talk to him about, you know, we don't really talk to him about that. Sometimes my mom tells us, you know, a little bit here and there, but as far as like, you know, the details, you know, of how, considering as much as I know about my mom, I don't know that much about my stepfather. Are they still married? Huh? Are they still married? Yeah, they are. How does that make you feel? What does that feel? Have you? Uh, when did you? Awkward. When did you feel? <laughs> when did you get the comfortability of knowing that this is not your fault? Uh, never. You still feel like that. You feel like you've been outcast in your own family. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Do you love yourself? Uh, I'm working on that. I'm working on it. Wow. It's a, uh, you know, gotta get a therapist. <laughs> have you gotta ever, get a therapist. Have you ever went to therapy before and talked to a therapist or? I started going and then I, um, I kind of flipped out and, um, I, you know, I have health care. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I have health care. I mean, above all, um, it's, it's just a matter of going back. So let's let's go because because I I reached out I last time I reached out to Lauren I'm, I think I reached out to you it was 
I'm going to do the, the last time I reached out to you. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, before I reached out to you recently, it was 2000 and... Oh, hold on. I'm going to say it was 2014? 2000, no. I was in college. It was 2009. 2009, I was going by South Carolina. I think I hit you up. I was like, hey, I'm going by South Carolina. What are you doing? And you show me. Is that when you had your psychotic outbreak? Because you're like, this is where I live. And you sent me a picture of a shack. And I was like, this ain't the right place. <laughs> no, I don't think that that was me at all. <laughs> yeah, so I knew I knew that because you were saying like, we were like, we were, we were like, I would hit you up. And then I was like, I, I don't think Lauren... I was like, I don't think Lauren know what she's talking about a little bit. Because she's like, this is my place. And I was like, I was like, I put it on Google Maps. I said, like, are you living in a shack right now? <laughs> no, that, no. Um, I didn't have my psychotic break. <laughs> what year did it happen? I feel like you, I feel like you just tried to play me. But <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Remember, do you remember when I called you? When I was like, I'm in North Carolina. And my grandmother was the one that told me not to go down there. She goes, how are you going to go down to visit somebody in South Carolina and they're not even answering the phone? Oh, man. Um, what year? I think. What year was it? I want to, because I feel like you reached out to me when I was in college here. I did. I always I always reached I, out to everybody. 2009. I'm looking back at the messages. Let's see. 2008. I was like, hey, what's up? How's everything? You're like, I talked you know, to E a couple times. I was like, oh, yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> you know, I was um, in college, and I could say, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was a completely different person then. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I no, no. Dead. I remember because you pledged. That's why That's why I hit you up. Yeah. There yeah. it is. Yeah, you pledged. Yeah, and I was like, oh, so what'd you? I was you... in college. Yeah, you pledged to be Zeta Phi Beta, correct? Yep, sure did. I remember, and you told me, because you were asking, we were talking about, like, pledging and stuff. And then you were like, oh, I pledge. I'm looking for a Sigma man or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, girl, me too. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think your line name was Muse, Muz, Muse. Muse. Dang, I got Muse. a good memory, don't I? You have a memory of a whale. I need to talk to them whales. Yeah, I remember, because I remember I was like, because uh, you were pledging. And I was like, my cousin, I was like, my cousin's a Zeta. And then I was like, oh, snap, Lawrence is Zeta. And then we'd start talking. That's, that's why we start talking again. Yeah, and I remember I remember you, Romance, and Sasha were together one time when you called me. Yeah. Because oh. y'all were at the... Were at the <laughs> I, I remember that fondly because I was like... Mm. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't with these fools calling me. He calls me every two years <laughs> just to say what's up. It was, uh, I know, I know, I know exactly. No, I know what it is. It was, um, so we all went to Daytona Beach for spring break. It was, uh, Sasha went through his breakup, and then Sasha went through a change where he goes, "Look, I really need to be around my boys." And we were like, all right, well, let's go to Daytona Beach. So we started going every spring break. And one time, uh, Romance was all like, where's Lauren at? I was like, I'll call her right now. I got her number. <laughs> I think it was like it was like four, three o'clock in the morning when we called you. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, man, these are some fools right here. Because you're like, uh, what's up? He's like, what's up, J-Rad? And I was like, hold on, I got someone to speak to. You're like, Romance. Yep, yep. 
I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, blast from the past. I, um, me and my boy, uh, one of my friends, uh, he passed away, but his name was Shamar. And we would always talk about like always making sure that you call and check in on people. So I like since, yeah, I was I would always do that to everybody. I would at least call in, check in, see how everybody's doing, and just to be all like, if anything happened to me or happened to you, I was like at least I spoke and had goodwill and spoke to him before anything happened. So I would always go in and check in, and that's when I was like, oh, she's a Zeta, she's uh, she's pledged, and yeah, that was the thing. You tell me your line name and stuff like that, and then you're like, I'm in South Carolina. I was like, well, that's not far from North Carolina. I'm actually driving down there because I think I was going somewhere. Going towards Florida? I think I was going towards there. And I was like, hey, I'm stopping by South Carolina. Let me know. Yeah, so if I sent you an address, it was probably, I sent you probably the address of the college because, yeah, 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 yeah. Because if it was in 2009, I I was, um, I was uh, either in the middle of my sophomore year um i wasn't even staying with my parents then um i graduated from ridgeview high school in 2007 so yeah i was in college then so if if i sent you an address it was probably to the college and the college is in the hood so it probably was a shack that you saw yeah romance was like i said i said romance look at this address i don't know if romance was with me or somebody i know we're driving i was like hit up lauren see where she's at we can stop by and see her and then i was like nah man she sent me an address of some shack ain't no i said she sent me right down to the in the ghetto in the ghetto yes yes because the school is in the hood so you graduate you graduate college what did you major in uh studio art so you graduate college and then you go to colorado correct um well actually i graduate from college and i enlist in the military that's right you do yeah what did you air force yeah how long did you serve for? Um, four and a half years. And did you did you did you leave or? I was medically retired. Mm, you were medically discharged. Yeah. So that's when is that when you had your 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 break? That's when you were diagnosed, yeah. correct? Yeah. So what lead us to go to the stages before the diagnosis? Like what what were the signs that you? were picking up or the people around you were picking up? Um, they weren't picking up the signs. And that's something that um, me and my mom and my family, we talk about, they, they talk about, did, was I showing the signs long before I went into the military? And my memory is, terrible if you have the memory of a whale i have the memory of a banana like probably dory (laughs) dory from uh the thing (laughs) yeah 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 perfect perfect analogy um uh p42 what see i don't even remember wallaby wallaby way wallaby something right p42 wallaby way i would be lost in the ocean but um I don't remember a lot of things. So um, when we talk about the illness and we talk about when did it start, um, a lot of times it starts long, long, long before you ever get any symptoms. 
Do you with so you were diagnosed as clinically? Uh, diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. So, what can you? Does has anyone recalled any of your episodes before? Are they considered episodes? What would they be called? Outbreaks or? Episodes, yeah, they're considered episodes. What What would you say is a documented episode that you probably don't remember that someone told you that you've done? Um, I don't think that anybody has has ever told me. Like I said, they just probably thought that I was eccentric because I'm an artist, mm. and I already ha- I already have a way of thinking that's kind of out there. And so it was hard for anyone to catch it, meaning no one caught it. No one thought that the ideas were abnormal because abnormal was normal for me. And um, it didn't get to the point. Nobody noticed until the military where it's such a structured and such a strict way of thinking that I was having a hard time fitting into it. I can no longer keep up with the status quo. And then that's when I was diagnosed. What do you mean status quo? Like what were you doing? Not falling in or like not showing up for like, were you AWOL? Um, No, um, just, it was hard for me to keep up my appearances, my physical appearance. Um, the the one of the signs that someone's having having a a, a mental a episode is usually their their personal hygiene declines, and so um, the upkeep, you know, the personal um, upkeep goes down. It declines. Like I stopped eating. I stopped drinking water. You know, the personal hygiene fell off. Um, I started falling asleep at work because I wasn't getting any sleep. Sometimes I was up for 24 hours, you know, straight. Um, it was terrible. So, so when, so does the commander or your, who, who, who acknowledges that something's wrong and you need to go get checked out or get, you know what I mean? Who starts acknowledging that? Um, my supervisor and her supervisor, they um, they were the closest to me. Um, okay. And when I had my psychotic break, um, I was at work and I just started crying hysterically. And I was telling them I can't take it. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Um, I'm not feeling well. I need to go to mental health and. Um, they sent me into mental health and mental health said, do you think that you need to be checked into, um, a facility? And I told them yes. And so then that's when they put me on a psychiatric hold for a week. Were you considered Baker acted, right? Hmm? Were you Baker acted? Is it called Baker acted when you're Baker acted back? I'm not sure what you're saying. (laughs) I've heard, I heard you get Baker active. I got, I got to know what the word. I know my friend went onto a psychotic episode. It's oh, something okay. for B, Baker, Baker. So you go through the episode. What Do you remember your time inside that the facility? What was going through your head? Oh, man. Um, 
I started to hallucinate helicopters. So the first, one of the first uh, hallucinations that I dealt with auditory and visual was helicopters. And um, I mean, I had the hallucination so vivid that I, I could feel my apartment shake. But there was no helicopter. Like, if you and me were in the same room and you saw me, I'd, I would be shaking, like, because I'm reacting to the fact that there's a helicopter. But you would be perfectly normal because there is no helicopter in reality. That's how bad it was. But and I kept telling them that these helicopters were following me and... The doctor was, he was, he was ready to acknowledge that they weren't real, but I wasn't ready to acknowledge that they weren't real because they seemed real to me. Wow. So when you say helicopters, did you, when you worked in the military, what were you doing in the military? Were you around helicopters or it was just? Um, I actually, I was around planes. Um, I didn't work with planes, um, but the so I used to go on YouTube and I was a bit of a conspiracy theorist, you know, and the helicopters were part of um, were part of one of the conspiracy theories I think that I picked up on and then I started to hallucinate them. Mm. Wow. So it got real. <laughs> so what? So when? So as soon as you got out of the facility, is that when they discharge you medically? Discharge you? Um, it took some time. Um, they asked me first, though, if I felt like I wanted to continue, you know, if I wanted to fight it. And um, I said no. I said no. Go ahead and um, start the paperwork for my discharge. And so they did. Wow. Did you ever feel like you failed in the military or you just felt like this was the move? Because some people, when they get out of the military, they feel like stuff wasn't accomplished or you felt like your your time was served? Um, no, because my contract was six years and I feel like I, I definitely failed. Um, and my command didn't help much either. You know, they made me feel like I wasn't I just wasn't trying hard enough and they didn't understand that I was sick. Did you have you talked to the VA? The VA have you got all squared away there? Or? Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm a hundred percent. So I get paid every month, and um, my health care, my medicine is free. Are you? Do you? Can you work when you're a hundred percent disabled? Can you work and do another job, or you have to? Um, yeah, I can do another job. Um, I'm considered, I have a, what is considered a chronic illness. So it's an illness that isn't going to go away. So it, even if I did work, they acknowledge that I have limitations and that I probably won't be able to go beyond, beyond that, but I can still work. How did you get to Colorado then? Oh, I was stationed there. Okay, that's the last time we spoke. You're in Colorado. That's why I was wondering. I was like, yeah, I remember you said you're going to Colorado. Yeah, um, I was. I moved when I graduated from college. Um, I went to basic training in Texas, actually. So I moved from South Carolina to Texas, and then from Texas, I was stationed in Colorado. Okay, so we get out of the military. 
we uh, were were 100% disabled. Why do you go back to South Carolina if that's where all the pain is? <sighs> I don't know. And that's my current my current struggle like Are you addicted to the pain? Are you because I I would say this, sometimes they say when like some animals are used to um I forgot. No, 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 no. It's not an animal. They said that um uh when they're raising um I forgot. I read this I read this example like when they're raising elephants, they tase them a lot. You notice that, right? They put them in cages and they tase them and stuff like that. And when they don't lock the cage anymore, some of the elephants still don't go out because they're reminded of the tasing that happens. So I'm saying, like, since you grew up in that environment, if we consider it toxic, are you addicted to the toxicity? That's why you went back. I think I am. Um, I ended up in a really, well, I just got out of a really bad relationship. And in this relationship, I I hit a low. Like, I really hit a low. Like, I ended up in, um, I ended up with a, an abusive um, Man or woman, because I knew you, I know you, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you, uh, you know, you, uh, you played, uh, you played kickball and soccer. <laughs> I was terrible at playing soccer. I was better at kickball. I don't no, know which um, one is which, but is it the? Is, are we talking about when you're with a woman? That's, that's that's for me to know. Oh hey, no, <laughs> uh, I mean hey hey. I don't you know my name's Ben and I ain't in it. You know what I mean? Free my dog Joe Exotic. <laughs> no, um, I was with a man, so it was, you know, the the rate of domestic um, abuse and violence in uh, homosexual relationships is just as high as heterosexual. Yes, and it's I know just that. As bad. You know, I, I I used to do a joke about this. I still do the joke, but when I said that gay pride parade happens in the most violent times in the community because it's hot. Because it's hot. It's hot. It's ninety-seven degrees out there, and people people are getting into most. (laughs) No, it's not about that. It's like most domestic disputes happen. They always happen in the summer because people aren't working like that, and they be hitting each other. Well, I know for one thing, um, this nigga was just being crazy in the winter. So I don't know. She said the winter was. Um, but yeah, um, he, he peeped that about me too. He was like, you must like the pain. And that was really, that was a low because in some respects, like he was right. Like it's, it's amazing how well predators can read their prey. Yep. Like predators are really good at reading people. And it's one of the things that they use to manipulate you is because they can see through you. And okay, let's 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 go back. Where did you meet this man? Where was it at? Like when did you stop dating girls and like I'm about to date dudes? When did you meet where did you meet this dude at in South Carolina? Um so I um after I got sick, I um I I was found. Christ finally found me, and I think he found Girl, me. Girl, I didn't know you. I was about to ask that question. Keep going. My bad. 
I think he found me at my lowest point, and that's why I stopped dating girls. Oh. Yep, that's why why I stopped dating women. That's why I stopped dating women. Um, And I said that I was never going to do that again. So that's when you're like, I'm going to go straight straight with men. I'm going to (laughs) try. I mean, the worst outcome is that I'm just, you know, by myself. But I'm not going to date women anymore. Do you... Do you fear of being alone? Do you not want to be alone? Um, I'm alone most of the time. And for a while, it was working for me. So you date this dude. What year is this when you started dating this guy? What year? Are we talking 2016? Last year. So that was the first time you started dating a person last year? Um, It wasn't. He wasn't the first. He wasn't the first guy. I mean, like. I mean, we just we just went through all, you know, most of my life. And it's not like I haven't dated dudes before or, you know, not that I didn't like them. So I guess at the very least, you could say that I was bi. But um, I it's kind of like riding a bike. Like if you don't ride a bike, a bike. for a really long time. It's like when you get back on one, you know how to ride it, but you're a little wobbly. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. At least that's from my perspective. It seems to be with me that it's something that I have to get adjusted to because men and women are two different creatures. Do you think, this is a theory that I have, do you think when you've seen the world from a different point of view that the man that you choose, if they haven't seen the world, it's hard to relate to them. Do you feel like that a little bit? Yeah. Because um, you've been around the world a couple of times. You know what I mean? You've seen a lot. So especially that, I'm not saying everyone in South Carolina is like that, but some people haven't left that state before. Well, it's a, I, what I realized is that it's a world it, that everybody is within, they, they exist in these different realms or these different worlds. And he, he, he was a, <laughs> he was um, a felon and he did 15 years in prison and oh, yeah, he did 15 years in prison, and so that 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 is a world within itself. And when he got out, he didn't. There's a lot of things about what we like Netflix. Like he didn't know what Netflix was, and Redbox. Like what is a Redbox? And this is a phone. Like what? Like what is this? Like you know. Wait, did y'all meet when he was in prison? No, 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 no. He had gotten out. Um, he had gotten out, like, these are things that I learned about him after the fact. Like, my mom tried to tell me before. She was like, you know, I, I did some looking because my mom is like the FBI. She did the homework, which I should have done the homework, you know. There's a lot of red flags in there. But um, she looked him up, and she was just telling me, like, I can't pull up all of his record, but he has he has a history of doing this. You don't need to talk to this man. But I think that what was enticing was somebody telling me that they love me so much. And that feeling, I realized that I was lonely 
I realized that I was alone and that I did have low self-esteem. And um, that's when I realized that I was at a low point and the abuse, the abuse, you know, that's when the abuse started. Was he physically hitting you or was it more like emotional abuse? What was he doing to you? Both. Both. And it kind of makes sense now that I talked about my dad. <laughs> like, what woman doesn't have daddy issues? But, um, well, I don't know. You might know some that don't. But um, I know, for one, that I definitely have those issues that haven't been resolved yet. And I think that uh, health care, man, what can we say? Like, everyone needs health care. And... I'm glad that I will have the opportunity to um, get better um, speaking to a therapist because I should have did that before I tried to get into a relationship. Okay, so when you say this dude was in jail for 15 years, prison for 15 years, so this dude is way older than you, correct? No, he went to, he went, they locked up a 15-year-old. So he got out when he was 30 years old? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I kind of. This is these are theories that I think of. They don't have to be right. Do you think the first time, when he assaulted you, you did not say anything? Sometimes I feel like a man will only do what he's allowed to do. Does that make sense? And you allowed certain behaviors, or you never allowed it? Yeah, I, I, I allowed it. I allowed it. Um, the first time. I didn't, the first I didn't time. Want him, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't want him to go back to. Um, I didn't want him to go back to prison. Oh. So you felt like it was your fault. You didn't want to feel like the black sheep again. I didn't want to. I didn't want to send him to prison, and he used that against me. You know, he knew that I didn't want to call the police on him when there are definite times where I should have. And I didn't want to have to go through another situation where, yeah, you're right, where I got blamed for for somebody's life being over. So your your dad, your dad, your stepdad, did he retire from the military? He did, but, you know, it was one of those situations where you have to get out. Oh, you know? so so how many years did he put in before this happened? Um, I think when it first happened, he was at the twenty-year mark. Oh wow! So it was like they were like it's easier to get him out now than to deal with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he wasn't gonna. That was his last stop. When that happened, that was that was the end of the career. You know, it was like finish finish the remainder of this um this assignment and then you know retire instead of putting him out i'm uh i'm getting you i feel like i'm understanding the lauren brown story a whole lot more tell me if i'm wrong so in the netherlands right you felt like that was a dream location that was a dream location because you had dreams of being an artist and you knew how close you were to france and fulfilling your dream as being an artist and as you were dealing with domestic domestic violence with your dad, when he got 
kicked out, you felt like if I wouldn't have said anything, I could have completed my mission of doing this. Yeah, I could have. So that's a lot on you. That's that's so you probably felt how long did you feel like that until you realized, like, no, I did the right thing? Well, I never really got the no one ever really told me no one ever acknowledged that that is almost like a period in time where everybody has their own story of how it happened and what happened. And nobody says. Lauren, you did the right thing. No one ever, no one ever said that. Am I the no first person that said that? that? Huh? Am I the first person that said that? Yeah, pretty much. No one ever says, you know, that he was wrong. That's how they work. That's how my parents work. And, you know, it, it just got blown over, like, almost like it didn't happen. I think but so. so I, know it happened. I think sometimes with, with our people from the south, they grew up like that, so they expected to the sure next enough. generation. They expected like, nah, we took a switch off the tree. Like you can't take no switch off a tree now and whip any but kids' legs, and tell them I'm gonna sting their legs and stuff like that. I think they grew up with that slave mentality of like, my, this I is my house. I- Go ahead. I think in my family's case, it, it goes with you, with the, the the people you trust the most, which is your parents, you know, they're your guardian, your protectors, when the protectors aren't the protectors, but yet they're, they are now the assailants. And that's a theme that runs deep in my family. Um, instead of protecting the children, they are the ones that cause harm. And it's a pattern. Um, and my, my, my parents are no different. You know, they try to be, um, they tried to provide a better life than the one that they had, but they fell short. You know, we all fall short. We all need grace. So, um, that's what ended up happening. And I think that, you know, like, (laughs) I, I feel comfortable like I, I can I, I can talk to you but I I would never bring this up to my parents ever again like I'm done talking about it with them and I would I wouldn't want to go through because it's traumatic like to have to to have to confront the ugly skeletons in the closet because this things are said that don't need to be said and you know, it, it just, you know, people, one thing that, one thing that my past abuser, my ex, he would do was he would throw in my face, um, God's forgiveness, that God forgives us. So why can't you forgive me? And he would make me feel like a terrible Christian. You know, he would say, you, you're a Christian, you're God's child. Why can't you forgive me for the things that I do? And that's a whole nother level of abuse, you know? And I kind of feel like, I feel like in some way that that's true, you know? With my parents, if I brought up their abuse, that they would also too, that they would also too say the same thing, you know? Say, 
well, why, why can't you, why can't you let it go? You know, I was an imperfect person and nobody's perfect. I made mistakes. And so that's why I would never bring it up again. And it's like, I'm frozen in time. It's like nothing ever got, nothing healed. I, I didn't heal from it. It just, I just put it in a bag and put it in the top of my closet and locked the door, you know? I um I do I do <clears throat> excuse me I do understand what you're saying. Would would you say that <clears throat> as you as you're going through this and as you you've done this and I appreciate you for doing this podcast because I feel like this whole podcast is about I think people learn through personal stories, you know? Right. I feel like there's going to be someone out there who's probably dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. And they're going to admire that your strength and what you did to speak up and give your story. Yeah, we overcome by the uh, by the power of our testimony, the strength of our testimony. Um, and a testimony, <laughs> a testimony in, it, in itself contains an antidote. Um, people don't even know that they're taking it when they listen to your testimony, but at the end of your testimony that you give about something that you overcame, because any day that you walk on this earth, you've overcome something. I mean, day to day, I know people are struggling with way more than, you know, than I could ever say, um, in my own personal testimony, but, um, they get this sense of relief that they can breathe almost and I don't give my testimony often I don't tell people I don't tell people enough I've 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 been told that you know I'm too private and you know when you reached out to me on Facebook it was because I decided to finally give part of my testimony in a way and um, I was surprised at the outreach. And I got a couple of messages on Facebook telling me, you know, um, you know, that it touched that it touched that person, you know, because they they can see people are still human, you know, that there's still a human part of, of people out there. And I wasn't sure what that meant, but I knew that it did something for that person. And I guess that's all we can ask for, really. I think I'm going to call this podcast The Testimony of Lauren Brown. <laughs> okay. I, I got a question for you. When when your ex talked about forgiveness, because I was just reading that scripture in Matthew where Peter walked up to Jesus and was like, how many times we should forgive a person? And he goes, and he answers this question before letting Jesus answer about seven times, right? And then Jesus goes, you should forgive that person 77 times. So have you forgiven your parents for this trauma? Or how, 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 have you, how do you cope with that? Have you forgiven them but not forget? Like walk us through that forgiveness process. Um, my forgiveness and I think that this is this this is just what I what I think. I'm not even sure. I can't. When you're numb, you can't feel it. Like mm. you can't feel when it leaves you. 
you know, you're supposed to feel, when you forgive somebody, you're supposed to feel that weight come up off of you. And I haven't felt that weight come up off me yet. But um, is that your I don't prayer? talk about it. Is that your prayer for that weight to come up off you? Like, what's, is that your prayer for that? Would you like healing inside your family? I would. I guess that is my prayer, is that, that for that weight to come up off me so that I can stop repeating. Because when you repeat the past, it's something about it that you haven't healed from. Wow. Okay. So we get to... So we get so that we says this is oh so we're all caught up to date. This is 2019. So now we're in 2020. You break up with your boyfriend. So my question is why are you still in South Carolina if you technically don't feel are you there because of your your ministry? Wait, do you go to do you go to do you go to uh John Gray's church? Who's John Gray? John Gray, the guy, he looks like T.D. Jakes, big black dude. Uh-oh. Oh. What keeps you in South Carolina if there's nothing but nothing but pain there? What keeps you there? If you said that you're addicted to the pain and you don't want that addiction anymore, what keeps you into that state? Is that comfortability? What keeps you from going back after that dream that you wanted? Me. Because there's really... There's really... Nothing keeping me here. I got the funds. Well, you got the funds. <laughs> you the got funds. the funds. You're an artist. I got, I got the funds. I guess it's people telling me when I got sick, people made it seem like I was no longer able to do anything for myself. And I let them. I let them. I let them treat me like that. I let them talk to me like that. Like, you know, at first it was hard. Um, I was um I was going through a hard time but once I got on my medication and if I stay on my medication I'm fine. You know what I mean? I'm I'm fine. I, I You're like Kanye West. You're <laughs> like Kanye West. Poor little Kanye. Let's Poor little Kanye. Where where would you want to go? Let's 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 start building our 5 year our 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 next goals. What city or state would you like to go in to further your art career? What state would be the best place for you? Man, to be honest with you, I would want to go back to Colorado. I had a good time there. I had made friends there. Um, and once again, I left my friends like it was nothing and came here where I have no friends. Well, I wouldn't say no friends. I would say that the environment is very stifling here. Okay. So, why don't you try... Sit down and do the math on that. <laughs> right, but why don't, why don't you try moving... Instead of going all the way to Colorado, why don't you try living by yourself first, like a little, like an hour away, and see what happens for like a year? You know? Are you scared of being by yourself? Are you scared of being alone with this this mental illness or or do you like your family being close to you? Um I I like my family being close because I I am afraid to be alone with this mental illness. Like when when things get bad, 
I, I absolutely need someone to check in on me. And I think that my family is afraid for me because the anytime I'm not on my medication, it, it's a I, I can't be without the meds. And sometimes I get in my mind that I can I can do it. I can go without mm. the meds. And that's not that's not a good thing. I need to I learned my I finally learned my lesson. The last time I went off my meds is when I met that guy and started getting beat on. Wow. So I learned my lesson that that's not it. I make poor decisions when I'm not on my medication. So do you live do you do you have an apartment by yourself or No, I'm with my grandparents. Would you would you want to start? I, moved. I had to move. He, I had to. What ended up happening was I had to move because he would not leave me alone. Um, he knew where I lived and he would show up. And um, the police said that there was nothing that they could do for that unless there was like an actual altercation. And um, since you never, I finally did call him, and it didn't even seem right that they wouldn't do anything. But they said that there was nothing that they could do. Like if he showed up and he ran away, there was nothing that can be done for that. They he would have to physically be there in order for them to come and do anything about it. So what I did was I moved. I, I packed all my stuff up. Me and my mom packed my stuff up, and I moved it into a storage unit, and I moved in with my grandparents. Wow. So you're literally, you literally just ran for your life a year ago. Not even a year ago. I'm talking about December, like this December that just passed. Jesus is Lord. So, yeah, that's what I did. I, I ran... You know, I didn't know what else to do. You know, when you continually ask a person, you tell the person, look, can you please leave me alone? And they just say, I I can't. I just can't. You know, that's that's what he would say. It's like, dude, like. Just leave me alone, you know. Wow. F. Well. I guess we got a, this is a, I said this would be a to be continued. Okay. Because there's no really, we haven't solved, we haven't solved this issue yet though. He, you're in South Carolina, he's in South Carolina, right? Yeah, but we're, but he doesn't know where I am. That was. That's a that's small, quickly, that's a state is pretty small. How do y'all not bumping into each other? that's how quickly I moved. That's how quickly, that's how quickly I moved. Mm. He doesn't pull up at your parents' house or anything else? He never knew where they lived. So this whole dating, you guys were a secret then. I thank God, I thank God, I thank God that I, that I never. Introduced him to your family. That, yes, 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 that was a blessing. I had something, something told me don't. Something said don't do, don't do that yet. And I, and I never I never did and 
it, it turned out that the reason why I never did was because I was going to have to go and live with one of my family members. And my grandparents spoke to him and, you know, they liked him. And I'm glad that I never bought him by here. I'm glad that I never, I'm glad that that never happened. Wow. Girl, you got a story to tell. Okay, so this is the, we're not going to say the end, but this is towards the end of the podcast where we ask questions. And I want you to answer these questions as honest as possible. And they're not, they're not um, short answer questions. So however you feel, you can just keep answering them until you, until you stop, okay? Mm-hmm. For now, question number one, do you believe in God? Yes. When did you start believing in God? I think you went over this, but what, what happened? What what got you to start believing in God again? Um, when I got sick. <laughs> when I got sick and I couldn't believe that my mind had turned on me. And I had always, I was always very combative about God. I always had questions about slavery and why did, why did he allow black people to go through what they went through? And it wasn't until I actually started reading the Bible that, <laughs> that I got answers to my questions. Who's your favorite person in the Bible? Oh, man. Um, uh, hmm. That's like a trick question. Don't be mad, Jesus, but I like the book of Joshua. But you know what? I think I like David. Shout out to David. You know what I mean? Killed a couple of giants. David had a good life, too. David ran for his life most of his life. Oh, and that's who you can relate to. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Now I can. Okay, your favorite verse in the Bible. Um, I gotta look it up. Can I look it up? You gonna give me a time to look it up? Uh, yeah. But what's what what what's the verse that you think of when you think of the Bible? What's your favorite verse? Um, it's in Romans. Romans, what? I got a Bible app right here. I am convinced. Hold on. Let me go to Google. I got it. Go ahead. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on now. Why is that your favorite? Why is it? Because I'm a person who deals with um, feelings of guilt and uh, condemnation. And it just reminds me that there is nothing that can separate me from God. That he got me no matter what. Okay, question number four. When's the last time you had a nightmare? Mm. Probably about two months ago. What was that about? Uh, Is that about your ex or? Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I had a dream that um, that something was standing over me, and I lost my breath. I couldn't breathe, and um, 
it looked like it was about to hit me, and then I woke up. Wait, did you feel like you couldn't breathe in your sleep? Um, I was, like, in between dreaming and being awake. Were you stuck on the ground, and you couldn't pick your body up, but you could only open your eyes? Yeah. True, listen, true story. True story. Actually, I had that happen to me before, but I was at, um, I was at this conference, this, um, conference called the kingdom agenda what my aunt had and this african pastor um his name is pastor joseph he told me a story about that he said that when you feel like that it's when the angels are like pulling your he said he said it's when he said the last time he fell asleep at like three o'clock in the morning and every time he woke up he said he was stuck to the floor and he said it was like witches or something like that some witchcraft like was like somebody a witch was doing something over him and, like, every time they would pull him, he would wake up because they were trying to, like, pull his soul out of his body. Wow. Yeah, he told me, like, a whole bunch. He said, like, there's, like, a whole bunch of witchcraft in the area. And when you feel like that, it's because, like, the witches are, like, holding you down or something like that. Wow. It was a woman. It was a woman with, um... It happened in the dark... With wet hair. Was it dark? It happened in the nighttime, the darkest part of the day, right? No, it happened, um... It happened during the twilight hours, so, like, it was just before dawn. Well, the sun was coming up, and um, I was leaving the sleep. You know, I was on my way out, and <laughs> and it got me. But there was some stuff that happened right before that. Um, there was a bunch of spiders that uh, I, I was fighting spiders. There, there was one spider, and then I was trying not to get caught in its web. And then I was like, oh, this is a bad dream. So I was trying to wake up, and that's when I saw the person standing over me. So, yeah, I, I told my granddaddy about it, and my granddaddy, he just kind of he shook his head because he don't like to talk about demons. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd be sitting there listening all the time. Okay. Yeah. Next question. What's your biggest fear? Um, man, the feeling of nothingness. Break that down. What do you mean, nothingness? Um, it's this fear that I have. Uh, it's it's like uh, like nothing is real. You ever heard people talk about, oh, we live in a computer simulation and nothing is really real and everything is just an illusion? That's a fear. That's a fear I have. Like, it it was part of one of my delusions once. Wow. Okay. When's the last time you had a panic attack? Uh. Probably yesterday. When I get panicky, um, I pace. Okay. All right. So, okay, these are the last. We got the last three. Last three questions. Do you believe in soulmates? Um. Yes. Have you found your soulmate, or do you have you think you found it in life, or you're still looking? Um, I'm still looking. Okay. Here goes the last two questions. What do you think happens when we die? 
Man, that depends on you and what you believe before you die. I'm talking to you. What do you think happens when we die? I'm going to heaven. Okay. Now this question. Jesus. Yahshua Hamashi is what we call him. Okay. That's the, the Hebrewic way. Okay, Um, this question is a series of questions, right? So this question is called, who are you, right? And when I say, who are you, you're going to keep answering until you stop. This is how it goes. Ask me, who am I? Say, who are you? Who are you? Jared Waters, ask it again. Who are you? Stand-up comic. Who are you? See, that's how it goes until you stop. Got it? Okay. All right, you ready? Who are you? Lauren Brown. Who are you? An artist. Who are you? A free thinker. Who are you? A child of God. Who are you? The best. Who are you? Love. Who are you? Good. Who are you? <laughs> you got me. Hey, I truly want to say, Lauren, I really appreciate you for calling into this podcast. And I tell the story all the time, but um, this is a story that happened in the Bible with David, David and Goliath. A lot of people, you know, they look at David and they say, yeah, David killed Goliath. But the question that I always pose is, if David knew he was going to kill Goliath with one stone, why did he bring the other stones? Right? Mm. So when I was digging in the Bible, I tell the story all the time, is that the reason why he brought more stones in the Bible is because there was more giants out there, and he was prepared to kill after Goliath the rest of the giants out there. But the reason why he didn't have to kill any more giants because other people got excited and started slaying giants throughout the Bible. So your story, right, the stone that you're slaying, the giant that you slay, I truly believe what you're doing and your story and your testimony, the giant that you slayed has inspired a lot of other people to start doing that and raising up and getting out of certain situations that they've been in or abusive relationships or having that type of, uh, to start going to therapy. I really think your story will liberate other people. And I thank you for being like David and giving your testimony and expressing yourself. I truly am thankful for that, madam. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that this conversation was going to be like this, but I definitely thoroughly enjoyed, you know, you pretty much being a therapist <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> I told you what this podcast, I told you I'll lead you. I told you it's fun. <laughs> you did. Well, look, madam, don't be a stranger. You got my number now. If you ever need anything, hit me up. I'm in New York City. We got nothing but art here. Uh, I'm going to definitely hit you up so you can do some art designs for me. You know what I mean? You got a lot of free time on your hands. Yeah, I do. I remember you asked uh, for an elephant one time, didn't you? Yes, I did. I asked for I asked for me uh, standing next to Vegeta. You did? Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, you, you forgot. But it's okay. I remind you now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to send you the picture. My friend drew a picture of me as a Super Saiyan. And I would like oh, for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I want. I've, I've, I've been writing the script about a black Saiyan. Do you watch wow. Dragon Ball Z Super? No. Well, I, I watched a couple episodes, but I don't watch it like I used to. No, nah, no, nah, it's all online. Watch the Tournament of Power. It's it's real. Trust me, it's real. It's real. Okay. I'm going to do that. Well, look, I'm going to fade out. Look, I love you. I love you. And I really thank you so much for doing this i'm gonna definitely hit you up i always like one thing about me i do hit you up i hit you up maybe by once every two years but i try to make sure that you're always good out here yeah you do man i love you too jared all right madam have a wonderful night you too bye love you bye
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was that was uh, my conversation with Lauren Brown. Uh, that was that was deep. I didn't I didn't didn't expect it to go there. There's a lot of things I forgot. That was over 15 years, 15 years when we spoke. But like you never know what people are going through. You never know. So please, just ask, ask. And I just I something's put on my heart to reach out to her, and say what up. How are you? Everybody that I've ever encountered, I always reach out and say what up. And I thank her for being so honest and so open. And to deal with, like, her mental illness and how she's pressing forward. I truly appreciate that. So, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jared Waters. This is uh, the podcast One Man, One Tree in the Hill. I'll catch you later. Stay corona-free if you can. All right. Peace.